Book of Genesis. Because, you know, whenever this day comes around, Mother's Day, I actually had another sermon planned. But I think that it's apropos to honor women. Um, and the reason that I say that is because all over the world, since the Garden of Eden and in other countries, women have been regarded as second class and in some instances, slaves. And in many countries, when we read the Bible, um, you're going to see that even in Jesus' day, women were not regarded as equal with men in any way, shape, or form. When you go overseas, it's still that way. Are you fixing me? I'm on the same team. And, and it, yeah, you are. And even in America, it seems to be so. Um, and so because of that, I want to show you ladies what the Bible actually says about you as a female. Um, when Joyce Myers wanted to start obeying God, she was warned by men not to do so. Women don't preach. And, of course, she disobeyed that directive from men and went out and obeyed God. Lisa and I have a friend, or had friends, that her husband would not allow his wife to teach Sunday school. That she had to stay home and just take care of him. And he was very rough and abusive and they ended up getting a divorce. Um, he literally threw her out of the house with no money. And Lisa and I got in the middle of it and helped her um, get in the church, get a lawyer, get, the, get what was rightly belonged to her as a wife. And the Lord brought her another husband that would love her and take care of her. So we've seen the abuse. We've seen the way women are treated. We've seen the struggles women have to just obey God. We have a woman in the Apopka Ministerial Alliance that comes to the meetings, and she's a pastor in a local church. They will not let her preach. They won't let her do anything. But when she came to us, she said, thank you for the way you treat me like a human being. And, and so, you know, so we understand, I understand that women are not always treated well, so today I want to honor you, ladies and mothers, by showing you what God really has to say about you. Would you all like to know this? Okay, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, we need to go back to the beginning. Chapter 1, let's start with verse 26. God said, let us make man or mankind in our image according to our likeness. That means the man and the woman are made in the likeness of God, let them, everybody say them, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps. And God created man in his own image, mankind, not males, mankind in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female he created them, say them. God blessed them, say them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. We can see right from the beginning, when God created the man and the woman, he gave them equal status. 
There is not one over the other, but yet we're going to learn in the book of um, 1 Peter that a man and a woman are heirs together of the grace of life. Like Like Lisa said, Lisa and I are partners in life. And we'll read a scripture in a minute to prove that. And I'll even go into the scriptures that talk about, you know, uh, some wives submit to your husbands. We'll get into that in a minute. But we'll explain to you why the Bible actually says that. But from the beginning, God did not make woman inferior to men. Not mentally, not spiritually, in no way, shape, or form is a woman inferior or subject to the male. Do you all understand that? Now, that's quite a statement coming out of America today. All right, now let's continue. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord said, it's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to make a helper comparable to him. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Whatever Adam called them, every living creature, that was his name. And Adam gave names to all the cattle. Birds of the air, beasts of the field. Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Where was Eve during this time? In Adam. You got to understand, she's not absent. She's not, we don't think, well, she's not there yet. She's there. They're in one person. Adam at that time was made in the image of God. And he had all the attributes of God, and he was both masculine and feminine. Say, how did it work? I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't have any idea how that worked. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs. Underline that in your Bible, because the literal Hebrew does not say that. When it says, it says it took one of Adam's sides. When they wrote the Bible, they went sides. How do you take a side of Adam? And immediately the writers thought physical only or physical in the fact it was physical. So they just used the word rib to explain that God must have taken a rib out of Adam. But the original Hebrew says he took a side. What side did he take out of Adam? The feminine side. So he took the man, split him right down the middle, took a masculine side and a feminine side so that when they get together, they again become one person. Come on, y'all. This is awesome. When I first heard that, I thought, well, my God, that explains marriage. I mean, that explains it. Because you as a man, the child has the daddy's name. Because the daddy is the life giver. We're going to talk more about this Father's Day. We need to quit poo-pooing the men too. I'm going to tell you this right now. The man is the life giver. And so Father God is the life giver. But God has a feminine side. But the reason he's called father is not because he's masculine, but because he gives life. And the woman is always the womb that receives the, 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 the life in the seed where the baby is created. So the woman is not independent of the man. The man is not independent of the woman. As a matter of fact, not until 
until they get together are they in the eyes of God one person. It's a powerful thing to say. Now I want you to think about this because this explains why we read in our Bible and it told us 5,000 men were there the day that Jesus fed with loaves and fishes. Why didn't they mention the women? Because the man and the woman were one person. Come on, y'all, this is good. And God's always seen it that way so that the man, in order to be complete, so then why do we have marriage? Is marriage just for companionship? No. It is to procreate and so that the earth will yield seed so that people, children will be born. This is the reason why God requires you to cut a blood covenant called marriage before you have sex. I just said the word sex in church. Can you all believe that? So let's talk about this a minute. I want us to do something. I want us to quit treating the word sex like a dirty word. Young people have already figured out sex is fun. I got three grunts in the front row. You can't lie to kids and start acting like, I don't believe he's talking about sex in church. Well, let me tell you something, Leroy. They're talking about it everywhere else, and they're getting the wrong information. I'm going to give you, I'm going to shock you. Boys know girls are hot. And there's no way you're going to convince them otherwise. The urge to merge is natural and healthy. I know what you're looking at my daughter for. Yeah. Come on, you young people need to help me out right now because we got to train the older people. You, you don't, don't, don't discourage, sit down and talk to your daughters and talk to your sons about what happened. And testosterone and estrogen started flowing. And how they have a hard time at the beach. Come on, y'all. Don't, don't try to turn that boy into, into Billy Graham. Help him understand that God made you that way. Now find one that loves Jesus. Find a girl that loves the Lord. Find a boy that loves the Lord. And let nature take its course. And you're not going to stop them. Boy, I wish I had a lot more time than I do. Well, I don't want my kids to do what I did. Hey, Leroy, they're going to. It's called healthy. If it wasn't put in there by God and he put it in them, 
there wouldn't be any babies. Now, what they need is a blood covenant, and what they need is some godly counsel. What they don't need is to stuff testosterone. It don't work. Boy, I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. You, I, rem, I have sat down with my boys, and we've had the talk. And we had a good one. I explained to them, there ain't anything wrong with you. You're not, you're not a sex maniac. But you're going to control yourself until you find the woman. Now, let's talk. I want to talk to the young men here for a minute. I, well, I don't want to marry her. I need to test her before we get married. If she, if you, why do you want all the boys in Apopka High School to train your wife? If she knows about sex, you don't want her. You're, she's not supposed to know squat when you get married. How can she be good at something she's never done? Come on, guys, you got to get a brain in your head. This was made for one man and one woman. The reason that God did it before you have the pleasure of sex, the pleasure, the pleasure. Oh, you old people, it's okay. It's all right. It's get married first. Make a covenant because that child deserves two parents. And that's what we as a church are supposed to be helping the world with who has no clue. They think marriage is for sex. Marriage is for families. Two men cannot make a family, so two men can't be married. Two women can't make a family, so two women can't be married. You You can't procreate. You can't do it. Boy, if we don't talk about it here, young people, is this okay with y'all? Is this all right? So here's what we're going to do, boys. Listen, I'm talking to the boys. We're going we're gonna to get a session one night without your parents. And we're going to talk about it all. We're going to find out what God said. I want you ladies to know something. When your husband and you are having sex, the angels in the bedroom are not turning around. They see it all. Woo! It's hot in this church. Whoa, my God. This scared all the women. I said that because, listen to me, nothing vulgar about sex. Your private sex life is no one's business. But if if the church is not going to talk about it, where do you think these kids are going to learn this? They're going to learn it from the world. I learned sex the first time from Playboy magazine. It got me in a lot of trouble. It wasn't until I got born again that I have any clue. When Lisa and I dated, we never slept together. We never did nothing until the marriage day. When the marriage day came, that's a different story. Mama was gone, and I had her all by myself in Jamaica, and she ain't going nowhere. She wants to go water skiing. I said, we ain't going water skiing. <laughs> Want to go parasailing? I ain't going parasailing. Been waiting on you for two solid years. You're going in there. 
We did go parasailing eventually. We went parasailing. I'm glad to see that the joy of the Lord has hit you. Am I right? And that means I took cold showers. You know what? And I was glad that Lisa knew slap nothing about sex until we got married. And was she perfect at it? Absolutely. Was I better? (laughs) Had a little experience. That's the way it should be, guys. It's the way it should be. It's something that's shared. It's very intimate between a man and a woman. It's something you share together. But we've got, to, we've got to stop all of this mess going on in churches. Amen. And we really do need to, and you parents, learn to sit and talk to your kids. If they have questions, let them talk to you. Let them ask if they're old enough to ask. And it's usually by the time they're very young when they start having a little bit of knowledge. I could tell you stories of boys in this church, their parents wouldn't let them, never mind, it didn't. I said, your kids already know. I'm sorry, they know. Okay. Now, that was all free. That's not in my notes. Do y'all see the importance of what I just said? I wish that my dad had talked to me. I got married. I started having sex the first time at, at what, about 16 years of age. We knew all about it. And I'll tell you what, I I wish to God I knew what I know now because there is no reason to grow up in the world not knowing. But as young people, we had seen enough, um, found out enough to experiment without the Bible. Okay. Ended up getting married. That didn't work very well because we didn't build our marriage on it. Lisa and I built our marriage on a mutual respect for each other. My dating time with her was the best years of my life because we built a friendship, and we're still friends. We've hit a couple of bumps in the road, but we're still friends. Amen. Amen. So in, um, let's finish reading this. Because, boy, I didn't get very far, did I? 2.18. (laughs) Lisa's like, that's enough, baby. Move on. (laughs) He took one of his sides, and the the, the side which the Lord God had taken, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man and said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She'll be called woman because she's taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his mommy and his daddy. And be joined to his wife, and they become one flesh. Now, I'm going to say this with all the grace I can, and I won't belabor it, because it's, it's, leave home. Don't move in with your parents. My God, don't move in with your mother-in-law. I, on purpose, built a spiral staircase upstairs so no in-law could live up there. (laughs) And when your mommy comes to your house and cooks dinner for you, run her off. 
and run your daddy off too. You're going to have marriage problems if you've got your parents in your house. They're adults. If they didn't have enough brains in their head to plan for old age, it's not your fault. Don't you destroy your marriage for your parents. Woo! And when you, when you get in a fight, girls, do not go home to your mother. She's going to side in with you even though you are wrong. Because you the baby. The husband and wife will never work anything out if mommy's in the middle of the mix. How do we get off on this? I thought it was Mother's Day. It is Mother's Day, mothers. All right. Let a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. They were both naked, not nude, and his wife, were, they were not ashamed. Go with me real quick to 320. It says, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. For in Adam and his wife and the Lord God made tunics of sin. So where did they get their husbands and wives? Well, at the beginning, they had to marry their cousins. But you don't. They only do that in West Virginia. Listen to me. <laughs> Maybe Arkansas. I don't know where else they do that. You just have to leave your cousins alone now, okay? Up at, someone says, well, where did all the Cain and Abel's wives come from? That was their sister. Oh, come on. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. But you have to understand, I think God had to make an exception to that because there's not a bunch of women running around making babies. Okay. Now, we'll understand all of it later, but I think the human race has been tainted since then, so it's better not to marry so close to home. <laughs> Amen. All right, never mind. Well, I don't think we have that problem here. If I was in West Virginia, we would. Go to 1 Corinthians 11. Are you all all right? I wanted you to see this, that God never made a woman inferior to the man. Do you all see that? He made them co-laborers together or joint laborers together. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 11. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of the woman, nor is the woman independent of the man in the Lord. The woman came from the man, and man came through the woman, and all of this is of God. All right, in order for life to function, when God made the man, the male, is not complete without a female. That means there's something missing. And you ladies went, we always knew it. <laughs> and it's the truth. God took a masculine side, put it in the man, and there are things about the family, there are things about the home, he cannot function. He doesn't function well in it. In America today, we have tried to be a coexist by giving, because the woman is now usually out of her place, yes. becoming the head of corporations, which she can if she wants to. 
But when you decide to do it, do not try to turn your husband into a woman. He's not going to become a woman. Because the way God made a man and made a woman, because he split them, they're different. They're different good. We are not to compete. We're to complete. I'm to recognize in my wife the godly side of her that God placed in her. She's a female. She's the nurturing side of God. Now, we men use these terms. Listen to me. My wife is scatterbrained. Women are scatterbrained. Did you know that? Women's brains don't work like a man's brain. They were designed by God to not work like a man's brain. Now, men, listen to me. All men categorize everything. Our brains work like mailboxes in a post office. When we're on A, we are thinking about A. And when we finish thinking about A, we will flog it away and we will go to B. And we will pull B. That means that if I'm working on the lawnmower, I'm on C and I don't want to talk about anything right now. I'm busy. And women come out and go, can we talk? And we go, no. I'm in C. I don't want to jump to B. I have to stop in C to go to B. I'm a man. Come on, come on, man. Help me out. And women have no idea that we think that way, and we're not going to change. But a woman's brain is like spaghetti. Why is that? Because God made a woman a multitasker. She's thinking about the laundry, the dinner, the food, the children, the diapers, tomorrow's breakfast, and when her husband, all at the same time. That is the reason why you get in a conversation with her and you start on one conversation and you are talking about something else about 30 seconds later and you have no idea where she just went. Did I, did I? How many of you men understand what I just said? I mean, I've been in conversation with Lisa and I go, what are we talking about? And she goes, well, we were talking about that a while ago. I said, well, I'm still there. Well, I changed subject. I don't know you changed subject. Put a period. I got to pull the I gotta pull the thing out of A, put it back in A, put it back. We're in B now. We're in B, right? We're on B. She's already down on D, man. She's already, she's leaving the house and she's going out to dinner with me and she's got her arms full of the laundry and she's got a mailing list and she wants to stop by. Then I'm going, whoa, I thought we were going to dinner. She said, we are. Once I get through with the 10 stops I'm going to make on the way to the restaurant. You know, for a while, that drove me nuts. Until I learned. That's the reason why God gave her the job of raising the kids. Because here's what happens when you give me the kids. I'm watching the boys. And a football game comes on. Lisa comes on an hour later and goes, have you changed them? I said, I didn't know they needed changing. 
She said, well, the diapers are full. I said, well, I'm telling you the dogs were beating the, 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 the Clemson Tigers. And I, was, and I was so engrossed in A, I didn't even think about C over here. She goes, well, I can't leave you with the boy. I said, oh, I was doing good. I mean, they're all alive. <laughs> Man, am I telling the truth. I mean, I mean, the football game is on. They're out there playing. They're doing fine. And when they get tired of their diaper, let them take it off and go out in the yard. Who gives a hoot? Man, I'm telling the truth, aren't I? It's just... The man is the protector and the provider. I'm going to tell you something. A man can eat stress for breakfast. They, they've proven that eight hours of work and a woman is done. I'm talking about in the professional work field. She has a span of so much, but you put her in the house, she can go sun up all day and into the night and still be taking care of the home and the family and relaxing. When we get off work and we've been criticized for this, we need to go and, and sit in front of a television for a little while. Because we have been fighting the, all the devils of hell and the corporate world and making money. And that's the way God made us. Now, when you start switching roles, you start messing things up. So listen, ladies, I'm going to make a statement to you. The highest calling God ever placed on a human being is raising children. You don't have a higher calling because it does not matter how much money you made if your kids go to hell. Boy, that's a statement. And men don't, woman, I need you to go to work. Well, the woman, when Lisa and I got married, listen, we talked before we got married. That's a good idea because I wanted to make sure, do you want children? How many? How are we raising them? How are we disciplining them? How are we going to, what are we going to do with our money? What are we going to do as far as the, as church? How are you going to function? I want to know what you are thinking. So I found out that Lisa had a call of God on her life. And I have a call of God on my life. And therefore we became compatible. But I talked to her about all of this, and we talked together before we ever got married, and we overcame a lot of problems. So that the day that we had the boys, she said to me, before we got married, the day we have children, I'm quitting my job, and the finances are on your shoulders. Now, I agreed to that. We didn't have the same problems. Money was not our high. No, we didn't have a jet ski. We didn't have a boat. We had kids. And we waited till the boys were grown. And now we have boats and jet skis. And we don't want to talk to the boys. <laughs> unless they put gas in the jet ski. Do you all understand all of this? Okay, good. This is what, this is how, understanding this helps you to understand the way God made us and the fact that in marriage, Lisa and I are joint heirs. Okay, 
I want you to look at 1 Peter. Are y'all okay? Breathe with me. You know, it's funny. You start talking about raising kids and marriage and sex. You guys can get quiet. I'm glad that you're at least enjoying this a little bit. I've embarrassed more men today than I have women. I didn't know you guys could turn so red. I'm honest to God, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I wish I was a fly on the wall when these kids go home. Y'all are not going to believe what Pastor preached on today. All right. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Give honor to the wife as the weaker vessel. Weaker in what sense? Physically. Physically. You know the transgender boy that became a girl? He's a, he's a fighter. And he's fighting girls. And he's beating them all up. Because he is made by God stronger. My strength is not to be used on Lisa. My strength is to be used for Lisa. And the boys. God made me physically stronger to handle what I needed to do as a man. That's not to be used on her. Now, one day, hopefully, I'll explain to you women why some men pop you. I, I didn't say it was right. Y'all want to know now why men pop women? Because men are designed to be a fighter. Don't toe-to-toe with him. If you'll respect him, he'll kill himself for you. If you disrespect him, and I'm talking about a carnal, numb, nut, stupid man now, okay? I'm not talking about a good Christian man. But, but listen, if you're going to get in the arena with him, he's going to hit you. He, men beat up their enemies, don't become his enemy. There is a God that will take care of you. If numbnut is not doing right, you can pray. But don't get in his face if he's carnal. I'm talking carnal. Now, I'm not saying that what he's doing is right. It's, not, it's wrong. But if he doesn't have any brains and he sees you as the enemy, you might hit the floor. Don't shout me down. I've never hit my wife, never will hit my wife. Bigger than that. Don't you men, don't you ever lay your hand on her. But ladies, if you'll give them respect and honor them as, as a man and quit trying to turn him into a girl, and don't you become a man because he's going to deck you. You understand? Lisa, one day, she got, she got in my face real bad. And back then, I worked construction laid block. And I reached down, and I grabbed her, and I picked her up off the floor. <laughs> and I looked her right in the eye, and I said, you want to really fight with me? She goes, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I set her down, and I said, well, then let's talk. She never did that again. No, no, don't get in my face. I can beat you up. Don't, don't swing at me, sweetheart. And she tried it once. And I was calm enough. Grab her hand to pick her up off the ground. She sees her feet dangling in the air. 
And she realizes, this sucker's strong. I said, that is true. I pick up 72-pound blocks in my left hand all day long, and you don't weigh much more than that. <laughs> Are you all okay? Breathe. So we never, we never did that one again. <laughs> it was so funny. She started laughing at me and went, she said, I think that would kill me. I said, I think it would too. <laughs> Is this too much? Okay. That's why stuff happens in the world, guys. If, you, if ladies, you have a God, you have a Father, He will take care of you. You do not have to become a man. All right, and I'm going to show you this in a minute. I'm going to show you this. Are y'all okay? Y'all went real quiet on me. To the weaker vessel, only physically, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers are not hindered. When you do not treat your wife well, God will stop answering your prayers. He loves his daughter. And he will not honor you. You want to fight with someone, he'll fight with you. And he will win. When my first marriage, uh, we were in an argument one day, and I told the Lord, I said, I'm going to go upstairs, I'm going to smack her. He said, you do, I'll smack you. I turned around and came right back down the steps, and I thought, I don't think I want to get smacked by God. I think I'll just not smack her. i have been saved about a month. I, had, was, I was learning, okay? Now listen to this. Are you all okay? Husband is the simple fact that you married a woman who loves you and needs you. Your wife is your partner, and she wants to be treated like a partner. That is exactly the way God designed marriage in the first place. God intended for your wife to be more than your housekeeper, your bookkeeper, and your personal slave. Or the babysitter for the children the two of you bore together. God desires that you be the partners in life. Literally, she is to be co-ruler in this partnership of life. When the word, now he goes off into the Greek language, and so this starts off with some Greek words. When the words son and kleros are compounded in 1 Peter 3, 7, it carries the idea of two people, a husband and a wife, who are joined together in vital union to share life together. They are literally joined to become co-inheritors. The word son klernominos means they are partners, not only in marriage, but in all the affairs of life. This is a joint venture, a joint partnership, a co-joining of two people to share the adventures of life. And if you don't understand the adventures of marriage, watch my wife. She understands being adventuresome all the time. We started off kayaking to the point she wanted to see the other point. Then she wanted to go around the back side of the island. At the end of about two hours, I had kayaked her around the whole island. She got to see it. I was worn out. My lips was burnt. That's called Adventures with Lisa. <laughs> I have learned on our anniversary, when you leave the house with her, carry your lunch. You don't know what you're going to be doing that day. <laughs> And chapstick and sunscreen and everything else. But I'm telling you what, we've, our marriage has been an absolute ball. We have had so much fun together, done things together. But it is an adventure nonetheless. 
Amen. Amen. A good one. A good one. I, she told me to say that. Okay. Um, go to John chapter 4. I want to read this before we move on. I want you to see something here in John. Jesus was the first person to ever elevate the female back up to her status that God made her. Christianity is the only religion on the earth that elevates a woman back to the status of being a joint heir. All other religions subdue the female and make a slave out of her. That's all of them. There would be no need for feminists if they were to get born again and marry a godly man. Least women, you should enjoy being treated like a lady. Lisa likes having her door opened. She likes sleeping in the bed next to the bathroom. She likes me going out in the rain when she leaves something in the car. In the middle of the night when something goes bang, she kicks me to get the gun and go find out what the noise is. You understand all this? Women, you have an enormous amount of power. Use it. I want you to remember a statement I'm going to make to you right now. Listen to this. When it says, wives, respect your husband, God gave you the key to turn him into silly putty. This is what it looks like. You big handsome thing, you. You big strong boy, you. You, you go out there and make me some more money. If you'll turn him into your hero, he will become your hero. You say, he's a little boy. Right. Don't tell him that. Just be quiet. Let him think he's Superman. And he'll fly everywhere just for you. Ladies, I'm trying to help you out right now. Men are not as smart as you think they are. It is true. Jesus elevated women back up. And so um, I can't wait to Father's Day. We, men, I'll get us out of this at Father's Day. John chapter 4, verse 5. It says, when he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Shychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, Joseph's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat by the well. It was the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to water, and Jesus said, give me a drink. Now, this may be, because we're reading this as Americans, that means very little to us. But in Jesus' day, men didn't, would never lower themselves to sit and talk to a female. Do you remember the story, ladies, when Jesus was in the temple as a child? He was 12 years old. And it wasn't until they got home that both of them noticed that Jesus was missing? Right. You know why? Because the male caravan and the female caravan did not travel together. Right. Hallmark would have made no money in Jerusalem in Jesus' day. 
Because marriages were prearranged and there was no romance. Wow. So Mary thought Jesus, Joseph had Jesus, and Joseph thought Mary had Jesus. Because they didn't travel together. They didn't walk down the road together. Men didn't talk to women. For him to sit and to get into a debate and talk to her about her soul was something only God in the flesh would do to a female. And he honored her and elevated her that day by caring about her soul. Now, I'm going to prove it to you. Are you all ready? He's talking to her about life. Verse 25, I know the Messiah is coming, who's called Christ. And I tell you, he said, I who speak to you am he. At this point, his disciples came and they marveled he talked to a woman. They're like, what are you doing? Men don't do this. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking? In other words, none of them said anything to him about it. The woman left her water pot and went in the city and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Could it be the Christ? And went out of the city. That woman was used by God to win a city to the Lord. Because he honored her. Another one, and I'm not going to make you go there. The day in, in, um, that Jesus walked into the temple and the woman was bowed over. And he says, ought not this daughter of Abraham who's been bowed over for 38 years be healed on the Sabbath? It says he called her to himself. All of the men sat in one room in the chairs. All of the women stood outside of the sanctuary behind lattice work and listened to the sermon. They were not allowed in the area where men were. When Jesus wanted to heal her, it says he called her to himself and brought the woman into the church to be prayed for. Well, you talking about upsetting the Jews, a woman in here. How dare you? But Jesus is the first person to totally elevate women. The first person to ever preach the gospel was Mary Magdalene. When she's heard about Jesus and went in the city and told that he's risen from the dead. And people today want to stop women from preaching, but not Jesus. In Christ, there's neither male nor female. All right. Go to the book of Ephesians and how much time we got. Oh, my gosh. I got to get you all to the restaurant. Go to the book of Ephesians real quick. Ephesians chapter 5. Ladies, does this help any at all? I'm saying this to you for this reason. Society is still not pro-female, but God is. And if you, you know, if you're going to obey God, you can obey God, and it's perfectly fine. You're liable to have to buck a bunch of men, especially when they walk in and say, women aren't supposed to be preaching in church. When, and, I, and you know what? When I, when, when I went to Israel, I said, can I bring my wife? They said, no. I said, she's a pastor. And they said, oh, okay, bring her. I had to fight 
to get her the same ticket I got because I'm a man. She's going with me for the same price that they gave me. You got to fight a little bit. And I'm going to honor my wife while we're there. All right. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. Okay. Chapter 5, verse 21. Submit to one another in the fear of God. Submit to who? Say one another. That's husbands and wives. Submit to one another. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. That means if the Lord's not taking you drinking, neither should you go. All right. What does it mean, wives, submit? It literally means adapt to your husband. Think about this for a minute. When I married Lisa, I looked at her and I said, I want you to understand before we get married, I got a call of God on my life. That means that my life will be very different than the average man that works nine to five, Monday through Friday. That you'll know every night of the week when he's coming home to eat, you won't know when I'm coming and going. Because I might not make it home. Our schedules will not look like anyone else's. Are you willing to adapt? To me, she said, Yes, I am. That's not me ruling her. I'm not, men, I, you, you, you guys, do y'all understand how many men walk in my office and say, I can't make my wife mind? And I go, Me neither. <laughs> Nobody ever told you you're supposed to make her mind. If you Listen, she's got a mind of her own. If love is going to be given, it's given, not forced. Amen. Now, are there times when I pull rank on Lisa? Yes. When we were in Belize, we were riding a bicycle, and we went to the other side of the island where the locals live. She wants to go down and see it. I said, no. She said, but I want to. I said, no. Turn the bike around and go home. There's no tourist here. You're blonde. You're blue-eyed. I'm old. Turn the bike around. (laughs) I don't do that often. She turned the bike around. We left the other side of the island. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? There are times when you need to pull some rank and go, you know what? I'm provider. We're not doing that. Hello? We're not doing that. But I said, we're not doing it. You go talk to God about it. But I said, okay. So there are times when you do need to adapt. The husband is the head of the wife. Go to chapter 6, verse 1. I'm going to try to close. Children, obey your fathers in the Lord. This is right. Honor your father, which is the first commandment with promise, that it will be well with you. What does it say? Say it real loud. Who raises the kids? The parents. Dad, you're supposed to be just as much a part of this child raising as she is. Women, do not look at your child and say, when your father gets home, he's going to tan your hide. Tan the kid's hide yourself. The dad don't need to be the bad guy. But listen, the, the raising of our children, the nurture and admonition of the Lord is not just Lisa's, it's mine and Lisa's. We're working together to raise these boys. We work together to, in this church. We work together. 
And honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And I'm going to close with this. Don't ever allow your children to pit one parent against the other. Mama said, that'll get you a spanking. What are you trying to do? Divide me and my wife? I was married to her before you came, and I'll be married to her when you're gone. So I'm going to honor her right now, little Billy Bob. And right now, you're not dividing us up. Never allow your children to split you up. One parent said something. They'll, they'll do it. Listen, kids are smart. Oh, they, they're little smart little things. But your children, you raise your children to nurture your dad and this and Lord. This is a job for both husbands and wives. Now, today I preach this message just for this reason, and I, I said a lot of things. I said a lot of things, and I, and I want to close. But, but listen, if you're in here today and you're a female and you've been mistreated by a dad or, or, or your husband, it isn't God. He has never demoted you in, in his eyes, not at all. You're not less. You're not dumber. You have a brain, and God wants you to use it. But now when you get married, you're going to work together. And husbands, you need to ask your wife what she thinks. And when she comes up with something better than you, then do what she said. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. (laughs) You know, there's insights that Lisa has. I don't have it. You know, I used to play poker. All of you in here that play poker, you play better when you're not at the table. When you're standing away from the poker table, you see everything going on. When you're in the game, you can only see your hand. When I'm in the middle of a problem, I'm in it. Lisa's not. When I come home, I want another perspective of someone not in the game. She may not know the business that I'm doing, but she knows me. And I lean heavily on her wisdom and advice. Boy, it's quiet in this. Ladies, God made you in his image. You're made in the image of God. Didn't make you less. And don't ever allow anybody to treat you as such. Love is given. Submission is given. And it's right. When you get married, you should honor. You should respect. You should give. But it should never be forced. You don't have a right to be married to a bully. If your husband's a bully, you trust God. I guarantee you, he'll straighten him out. Ask me how I know that. I found out God loves Lisa a lot. (laughs) Mess with my daughter, boy. All right. I pray this helps you some. Mothers, the greatest call on this earth is to raise children. Don't ever let the world or anyone else tell you different. All the rest of it, when you die, is secondary. Nothing matters but how the kids turned out. There is no higher calling, and if you, if, if you lean that way, you apologize to no one that you're a mother. Let the world 
put you in their box. What'd you do for a living? I'm a mother. Are you serious? Yes, and a good one. Well, it's awfully quiet. I don't know how to close this out. I got the teenagers over there going, we want to have that talk. I got the parents and the mothers going, I wish she'd shut up. My son's taking me to lunch. So let's get you out of here. Heavenly Father, thank you for the, the day that we can set aside and call Mother's Day. Father, the ladies and the women among us, all the way from Wesley's mother that trained all of her boys and they went into ministry. I could talk about my mother for hours who prayed me into the kingdom of God. And many of us have mothers who have stood by our sides and been there when no one else was. Father, we have women in this room right this minute that raised their children without a man because they were the better of the two. And they were strong and they're still the strong ones when the man walked. Father, bless them and honor them because of the sacrifice they have made and they are making right now for their children. Father, bless these women in this room that they've been good mothers and they've trained their children and they've stood by their men and they've stood in situations that other people would have just walked away. But they stayed true for the children to make sure that the home was together. Bless them today. Thank you for this day that we can honor, and I pray that every mother today will go home edified by hearing the word of God and what you have to say about her. And we give you thanks for that, sir, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.